You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Here are your hosts, Joe Galina, Frank Stample, and Mike Florio. And welcome to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Joe Galina. I'm here with Mike Florio. Frankie Stample's on assignment. How you doing, Frankie? Frankie's not here. I'm looking at you and I'm calling you Frankie. Yeah, You're Frankie. Con- <laughs> nah, there can't be another Frankie. That's right. There's only one Frank. But we have a very special co-host for the show. Excited to have him with us. Jake Brown from the Jake Brown podcast. Also CBS, right? How you doing, Jake? Doing well. Uh, I like the theme music. Isn't it great? Yeah. Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, who put that together there? That was... Chris Bavona. Chris Bavona, producer, put that together, a little old school uh, 9 to 5 action there. I appreciate it. You know, I could, I could rap a little bit, so if you ever need a theme song, oh, I awesome. could maybe. Okay, we'll keep that in mind. <laughs> maybe you could rap. Uh, you might support. lose listeners, but we'll I see. doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> uh, so, how's it going, uh, Jake? It's going well. It's a weekend. Uh, a rare Mets win last night, which is always nice against a decent team, mm-hmm. underachieving Cardinals. Uh, it's a beautiful day in New York City. Can't there be doing you go. All there you go. Well, welcome. Glad to Thank have you. you here. What's going on, Mike? I'm not going to call you Frankie anymore. Yeah, please don't. I don't dance and make weird faces to every song we come into. So, All right. Well, we got a great show coming <laughs> up. Uh, got some uh, fantasy baseball. Uh, we're going to be taking a look. It's All-Star game coming up uh, this Tuesday uh, down in Miami. And we thought it would be interesting not to just go over the players who are obvious All-Stars that we think are All-Stars, but uh, the players that... You know, we play season-long fantasy baseball. We make waiver wire moves every week, and we're going to focus on the waiver wire pickups that stuck with our team and deserve to be all-stars. Uh, second hour, we're going to be doing fantasy football. Got Heath Cummings from uh, CBS, and he's going to be with us talking about his fantasy football rankings. Uh, Jake, you play uh, fantasy baseball? Of course. Mm-hmm. I'm in two leagues. One of my team's name is Now Watch Me You. Now, this is a Soldier Boy reference uh, to the Crank there you That go. song. There you go. Um, I'm a big fan of the punny team names, actually. Very good. And uh, what's your favorite uh, format of playing? You like uh, head-to-head, roto? I'm a head-to-head guy, for sure. Ah, Mike loves you, then. Points <laughs> or categories? I'm a categories fan. All right. Mm-hmm. See, I'm, I'm one, one of points one, guy. One point league, one category league. Um, the point league is just hard to keep up with. I don't know. Categories, I'm watching until Sunday and looking at lining them up, and it's just more, I don't know. Yeah, it gets me more into it, I'd say. I'm in at least one of each format. I'm mm-hmm. in two points leagues. I'm in like two roto leagues and at least one category league. The category league, it's the one I paid the least attention to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against. You know what also, man? Daily moves. Is your league daily transaction? Like you can make a pickup every day and stuff? Mm-hmm. That that's always that that that's, you gotta pay close attention that is to a that. Challenge. Well, Jake's uh, gonna tell us about a trade that he made in one of his leagues. Yeah. Interested to hear about that yeah. uh, when we come back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, our waiver wire fantasy baseball all stars. We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network with more weekend fantasy update.
And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Mike Florio, Jake Brown with us for the entirety of the show. Glad to have him. Pete Considori producing our show. If you want to join in, reach out to us on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. Call us 844-843-6879. If you want to reach out to Jake at Jake Brown Radio and at Jake Brown Show. Got it. Right. Can't get much easier than that. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, so uh, we teased before we left. Uh, you play in two leagues, mm-hmm. right? What, what were the two names of, the, of your teams? Uh, well, one of them is Now Watch Me You for you, Darvish. <laughs> and the other one's just my, you could say, quote-unquote, rap names, just uh-huh. Jay Swizzy. Um, so I didn't do I like a pun for that one. All right, all right. I usually go a Legion of Doom for some reason. I've been using it for years. It's People ask me, is that Legion of Doom... The wrestlers or Legion of Doom from the comic books, and it depends on my mood. So, all right, all right. So <laughs> least, as long as it's not referencing Seattle. Sometimes uh, the graphic that I use will be the Legion of Doom headquarters, which I don't know if you know what it looks like. Or sometimes nope. it'll be uh, Animal and Hawk from the Legion of Doom. I don't know what either one of them is. No? You don't yeah. know Animal and Hawk from the Legion <laughs> of Doom. You're you're Never, a wrestling guy. I've heard of that? No. No. Are you a wrestling guy? Him Mike, and Frank are wrestling guys. I, I I'm not nearly as much as Frank. To be honest, I I was into it for a bit. I haven't watched in months. Like it's been a while. I watched for WrestleMania because mm-hmm. that's when all the old guys come back. It's awesome, right. and then it kind of falls. My off. My friends were at WWE Live last night. I Madison know people were there. Garden. I think there was a big title change. They said that, which is oh, I know the Legion that. of yeah. Doom. They, yeah, there was AJ yeah. Styles. I only know because my friend posted about it. AJ Styles he, won. He beat the belt. Kevin Owens. Yeah, I only know that because I know people who were there and posting pictures of it. Mm-hmm. You never see a title change if it's not on TV. Which right? I guess they thought MSG is a big enough crowd. I guess LeVar Ball didn't snag the title. Last <laughs> he, was he was awful on oh it. Oh, man. I heard his son dropped a profanity uh, lace they, tear. They had to end it short. It was so bad. Like yeah. I actually watched that whole segment, and if you like, if you know anything, like you know that they wanted that to carry on for longer, but mm-hmm. they just were like, abort, and they sent out <laughs> someone else who was like, hey, I'm going to beat you, and then it went to commercial. But the ratings were through the roof. You look on Twitter, and the only thing on Twitter was... LeVar was, Ball on wrestling. I, trendy, I never yeah. watched wrestling, and I almost turned to it. I didn't know what channel USA was, so I didn't do it. But if I knew, I would have probably watched. Right, right. So they're reeling in. People don't it was, care. And they need bad, to, because I think their ratings have been taking a dive. Because it's been recently. awful. Yeah. And it's on USA Network. I mean, God bless the USA and all, but I don't know about the USA Network. I don't know. What, what else is on the USA Network? Like, uh, Mr. Magnum Robot. P.I.? Maybe reruns of Wings? I don't know. I think their big show is Mr. Robot. Oh, that's actually know. a decent show. I have it's, not it's yet kinda, watched it. Mr. Robot. Yeah. Is that a cartoon? No, it's, no. A, it's about a, a hacker. Oh, it's pretty deep. Hmm. You, know. you know what's on there? M- uh, Monk? Oh, no. okay. Is that the name of it? Yeah, that's a... It, 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 it plays in reruns, I guess, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the big show on there. There you go. All right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we're plugging USA. All right, charge them a, a fee for a commercial here. <laughs> so tell us about uh, about your trade that you made. All right, so interesting trade. And it, it was... Bef- uh, I was so I traded Miguel Cabrera um, and Carlos Carrasco, and then so it was Miguel Cabrera and Carlos Carrasco for Justin Smoke, Dylan Bundy, and Jake Faria. Uh, The league declined it because the difference was too large in the Mm. fantasy analyzer. So then I included Mike Zunino, who's the hottest catcher in the league in the last month, Um, but he's my backup. My starter is Alex Avila, so I was like, whatever. 
your thoughts on that, that, that trade, the three for three. Cabrera, Zunino, and Carrasco for Smoke, Bundy, Faria. I made the deal, uh, and it went through after Bundy got rocked uh, mm-hmm. the other night. I like the two for one, and I think Smoke has been so much better than Cabrera yeah. that it upgrades my offense. But I could see where you think, oh, you're giving away Carrasco for Bundy, who's been terrible lately, and Faria, who's still kind of unproven. Yeah, he's been pitching season. well. Yeah, and Cabrera, I think he's been coming on lately, if I'm not mistaken, right? He's still two two sixty two sixties. I mean, not yeah. hitting a ton of homers, eleven homers. Last he's a thirty five homer like guy. Three three hundred. So yeah. I don't know. I'm, I think the, I like the trade. I'm surprised that they made you throw in another piece because in a lot of leagues. You hear the names Carlos Carrasco and and Miguel Cabrera. Well, it was only because our league it was too much of a separation in this analyzer thing, so they wanted to throw in, and I didn't really want to give up a pitcher. I gave up my backup catcher, and yeah, I could you pick up Stephen Boyd. Your league uses days. an analyzer, right? Yeah. In terms of you punching the names of the individuals in it in, in the trade. Yeah, it's and, really and weird. Like signs like a, a numerical. Yeah, Cabrera is like a seven or mm-hmm. six, and then Smoke is like a sixteen because mm-hmm. he's obviously had a great year. Right. Um, Name-wise, it's probably a terrible deal for me. But looking at the numbers and just basing it on the first couple months, I think it's a fair deal if Bundy could get back to what he was. And he strikes out a lot of guys. He's got, what, 12 quality starts. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing is, can he get back to where he was? He's just burst out on the scene this year, so it's questionable. I I think it's interesting that you guys use this analyzer because I think if you didn't punch it in, you would not have had to throw it. Because, again, I'm saying, like, just based on names, Carrasco and Cabrera are the two big names in here. I know Smoke has been awesome, but, I mean, a lot of people are going to look at it and be like, oh, well, I'd rather have Miguel Cabrera just based on that name, you know? Yeah. And Faria and Bundy, I know they're young pitchers, lots of upside, but mm-hmm. Carlos Carrasco is the more proven of the two. I, I would imagine that they would have been like, you're giving up too much, but I, I think it's really interesting that you bring in the trade analyzer, although I will say... I am expecting Miguel Cabrera to get a lot better in the second half. I think he I'll will. Be honest with you. I was getting impatient. Yeah, <laughs> he he's still hitting the ball real like hard. Everything you look at shows that he's kind of been the same player he has in years past. The results just haven't been there. So I I do expect. And plus, I mean, he's Miguel Cabrera. He's the mm-hmm. safest player, one of the safest players. But I mean, hey, you, you like you said, you got impatient. You got Justin Smoke, who's having a great year, who's a, an all star. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Faria. I, I loved him. I was looking at great. him before he got uh, called up. I mean, I think you, 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 you know, it's not a keeper league, is it? No, oh, too no. bad. Cause, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking about trading Syndergaard because I mean, I'm, the problem is I'm in 11th place in this league right now. So you need just, to make a move. The other now, league, right? I'm in second. Yeah, so I'm just desperation, and I'm doing it for a shakeup mm-hmm. uh, because I'm what sixteens uh, making, so I'm 15 games behind the last playoff spot. So I'm like the Mets in the wild card right now. <laughs> Mets in the division. See, that makes sense. To, knowing that, it makes because if you were sitting high in the standings, you could wait on Miguel Cabrera mm-hmm. and Syndergaard. But right, I mean, we talk about it all the times. So a lot of the times, where you're standing in in the standings, that dictates how you manage your team. Like you can't afford to wait right now if. If you're right. in that position. In fantasy baseball, this is the time to make a bold move. I mean, this is, from now for the next month, I think this is where a lot of leagues are won and lost. Especially when people start to put their attention towards fantasy football. Mm-hmm. This is the time to really take advantage of, of, of league mates who do that. I want to give you another trade I did two weeks ago. That's another two big names. I gave away Sano, Kemp, Jordan Zimmerman, and Clayton Richard for Travis Shaw, Scooter Gannett, Marcus Stroman, and Mike Fears. Another big name block. Love, so, love Straw, man. Uh, Shaw. Yeah, yeah I'm Shaw. a big, I'm a big believer in Shaw as yeah. well. He's just been awesome. I love the yeah, lineup. I, don't I love see the any ballpark. Signs of him slowing down. He's 
Scooter's been great, too. And Scooter's, Scooter's been coming on, of Scooter, course. Scooter, I mean, he's on our waiver wire uh, all-star poll right yeah. now. He's... He hit those four home runs, and we were all were like, "All right, you know, he's not going to hit." It, it made you take a, a look at him, and he's someone. I remember joking with with uh, on BFFs. We were saying he may not hit four home runs the rest of the year because he's just he's never been a power guy. But even I mean, powers up all across baseball, yeah. and he's one of the big benefactors of that in the good ballpark. Now he's really making the most of his opportunity. He kind of reminds me of like Didi. Like last year, mm-hmm. Didi took off right, hit those twenty home runs. That was his breakout. We said we were like. Is this the new DD? And so far, it seems like it is. And that now that Scooter Gannett had that little mm-hmm. breakout, this might be what we can expect to see from him. I'm not talking 30 home runs, but I'm talking maybe like you know upper teens. Uh, I mean, he has 14 forward. already. Yeah, so. 14, he might no, have no, 20. I'm talking yeah. go, going forward, uh, not okay. just this season. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying oh, yeah, yeah. next season and season after that. Uh, I- I did that trade, and Kemp was hitting like three thirty. He's currently hitting two ninety four. He is in an all time. This is this right is what Kemp does, man. He's mm-hmm. him, Justin Upton. I, I know Upton hasn't had a, an awful month yet. It, May wasn't great for him, but these are guys that they'll have three really good months and three really bad months. Like mm-hmm. so, I, yeah. I mean, obviously, you, you got some. You got the good months out of Kemp. Now you traded him, even if he has a hot, you know, August or whatever. I mean. For what you got, I, I don't think that's a bad trade. And Sano, I, just, I, I don't see it in him all year. I don't know. I think he's going to regress, and he's had a couple of injuries here and there uh, where he's going to regress as well. And Zimmerman's been terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had all that year. little blip where he, he pitched well for those. Yeah, and that's two when I picked him up. And then, okay. And then he's been bad. And Clayton Richardson, you never Clayton Richard, you never know where you're going to get out of him. Uh, quality star here, seven runs there. Mm-hmm. Uh, another guy who I traded uh, or I had to drop, who I acquired, Wade Miley. Easily the most inconsistent pitcher in baseball. I mean, he'll give up nine runs one day and then pitch a shutout the next. Well, he had that great uh, month or two to start the season, and then he kind of just regressed to... And he's got good stuff. I don't know why he's just getting rocked left and right. And he's just... I couldn't keep him anymore. Mm -hmm. And now he's probably going to throw a no-hitter. It's like when I dropped R.A. Dickey, he started throwing quality start after quality start. That's like (laughs) one week I decided I was going to sit Miggy Cabrera. And that was the week where he hit like three home runs. I hate when that happens. You sit a guy (laughs) on your bench, it's like two homers, seven RBIs. Like, great. (laughs) So what do we try to uh, get started on this... Uh, waiver wire all-star team when we come back we're going to start with the catcher position so hard to find a good catcher in fantasy these days Uh, we'll be right back on the fantasy sports radio network with more weekend fantasy update And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. I am Joe Galena, here with Mike Florio, Jake Brown, Pete Consadori, producing our show. Remember, the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package is available. Uh, Use a... Uh, the code word free radio at checkout for a special discount and uh, also hey i want you to download the fntsy fntsy radio app and you can listen to any of the shows on our network at your leisure you can listen to us tomorrow tonight you could just put us in a loop just listen to us it's all free so uh, what we had wanted to do since uh, the fancy baseball uh well, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game uh, is coming up uh, in a couple of days down in Miami. Uh, 
uh, we wanted to take a look at some of the fantasy baseball waiver wire all-stars. Now, these are the guys that you picked up off of the waiver wire. You know, sometimes you pick up somebody off the waiver wire. Like we were just talking about Jordan Zimmerman, Jake. Mm-hmm. You know, you pick him up because he has a hot week or two, and then all of a sudden he's a bust. And then you got to either drop him or you were lucky enough to, to trade him yeah, away. Yeah, Ty Block, too, or Block. Yeah, yeah, Block, yeah, 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 Block, Block yeah. has been solid. I just uh-huh. picked him up, had a nice quality start. But they give up seven runs the next half. Yeah, yeah. So some of them, you know, stay on your team for the duration of the season and make you look like a, a real winner. Mm-hmm. And some of them you just got to get rid of. They're just You just ride the hot streak. So let's start at the catcher position. So, like I said, it's very hard to find a catcher with fantasy value. I mean, when I was just looking at uh, the stats for catchers, there were only really seven that had the qualified number of at-bats. They're just They're always you know, they're not playing a full complement of seven games. They're taking a, a rest here and there. So uh, the four catchers that we nominated uh, as possible all-stars, Martin Maldonado from the uh, Angels, Alex Avila from the Tigers, Mike Zunino from the Mariners and Tyler Flowers from the Braves. So uh, any of these names, guys, like really just, you know, strike a chord with you that well, you love? Definitely but- a view. I, I acquired him uh, because he's just been incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, statistically, I believe he's got the best stats with 11 and 29, a 427 OBP. Nice. Uh, which is incredible. So I'd, I'd go with him. The problem with Flowers, I feel like every third day he sits. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just doesn't play enough, despite his stats being good. You just never know when he's going to play for you. You're going to have a lot more uh, DNPs. He plays like he gets two to three days off mm-hmm. a week, which is too much for me. Well, last year, I think it was his first decent year. I think he batted somewhere around 270. Mm-hmm. Last I looked at his stats, we're talking about Flowers, 319, six home runs, 28 runs batted in. Like you said, only 58 games. Mm-hmm. So, But uh, he has made some strides. Last year, he had almost a uh, – well, he has a, for a lifetime – 30.9 K rate, and, and this season he really uh, got that down to just under 20%. So do you like Flowers, uh, Florio? Nah, I'm not huge on him. I, I think part of the reason he sits so much is he's a pretty bad defensive catcher. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, he's great at pitch framing and everything, but he's been getting worse and worse over the past couple of years. Uh, my vote went to Alex Avila. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just awesome. And, and the fact that he walks so much, I know Jake brought up his OBP, that helps you a lot in points leagues. It, what he's giving you counting set-wise, 11 homers, 29 ribbies, that's great in any format. I was sad, though, that Martin Maldonado came in last because this was a guy I, in my uh, NFBC league, you know, it's extremely deep, 15 teams, like 50 rounds. I drafted him, and I've been using him as my second catcher, and I was talking him up a little bit. I was like, oh, for those in deep two-catcher formats, look at Martin Maldonado. I mean, I know he, he doesn't walk a, a ton, but nine homers, 26 ribbies, 250 average. The average is what separates him and Avila. The other numbers are, are pretty close. So I get giving it the average in the OBP gives Avila the edge, but Martin Maldonado currently is in last place in our poll, and yeah, so Avila, that makes me sad. I have him at 47% in our poll, the, the yep. winner. Um, Mike Zunino, 29%. Now, he's... he's a weird guy. Yeah. A weird guy. I, I, I mean, you know, he goes through these a month or so where he's hot, but other than that, he just bats 199. He's he, got so much power. He yeah. led all players in RBIs in June mm-hmm. and then has been like two for like 25 in July. Right. And, and that's him in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. You're going to get one great month and then one awful month and then right. a hot two-week stretch and then a month and a half where he does nothing. 
Oh, him in a nutshell is the fact that he hits ninth in the Seattle Mariners batting order. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. can't be that great if he's hitting ninth in the order. Um, obviously a hot month, but just too inconsistent. Uh, Avila's just been consistent all year, been mm-hmm. over 300. And I love the catchers who also are uh, eligible at another position. He's catcher and first base. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kept Russell Martin for a while because he was a rare, maybe the first ever catcher and third base. Right, right. Um, and I think... Um, who Schwarber was catcher and outfield, I yes. think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like those guys. You can mix and match a little bit. Fun fact about Avia, his his own dad uh, took him off the team. He's the GM of the Tigers. Really? Yeah. Uh, I did not but realize he's, he's that. back. He was with the White Sox, came back to the Tigers. Uh, but, uh, hey, man, that's that's tough when your own dad just you know drops you. Have, can we confirm with his dad if it is Avila <laughs> or Avia? Which one is it? Uh, we'll have to gonna, tweet out to him. Ask yeah. him. Let's hit up the Elias Sports Bureau and see what they have to say. All right. So, uh, Avia, 47%. Moving over, first base. This is a this is a tough one because, I mean. There's a I, lot of good candidates there here. There is. Man. There's Logan Morrison, Ryan Zimmerman, Mark Reynolds, and Justin Smoke. Mm-hmm. Two of which are starting all stars, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then I want to make a case for Lomo because Lomo is having a monster year. Like he really could hit thirty five plus homers this year. He's well over twenty already, but the fact to me, what Justin Smoke is doing, it, it was too hard for me not to vote for him. So I ended up voting for Smoke, but I so badly want to make a case for Lomo. Is Zimmerman belong on this list? Though is he a waiver wire guy? Yeah, I really? think you. Yeah, at the start like of the season, do you up. think everyone picked him up? In a, they didn't expect him at three thirty-four. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's a waiver wire. The other guys definitely. I'm not sure about him. Though. I picked him up as a waiver wire ad in, in my. How yeah, many teams? Twelve. Really? Yeah. In in April, like the first week of the well, season, I picked him. You know, I had a choice between Mitch Moreland and him. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the the problem with Zimmerman has always been his injury history. Mm-hmm. Like when he's healthy, he and can he, he sucked the last two years <laughs> yeah, though. So yeah. and it kind of did look like his career was over. But mm-hmm. overall, I th- think he has a two eighty one lifetime average, uh, six seasons of twenty plus home runs. Thirty three was his high, and I, I get why you're you're curious as to is he really a waiver wire guy? Mm-hmm. But he was available in a league of mine, and and I'm just shocked that. He's still playing. He's just you always expect him to hit the DL. Here's yeah. the thing, though. I mean, his April was phenomenal, yeah. off the charts, 400. But yeah. yeah, yeah, he hit over. I think he got Ty like, Cobb in the building. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he had like close to. I think he had like eight homers in that month, if not double digits. Yeah, he he might have been in the double digits. Start. But yeah. since June 14th, he's hitting 227, no home runs in that mm. stretch. He's not really walking. He's striking out a lot. I think that. I mean, he was saying he changed up his swing. Him and Daniel Murphy are big yeah. believers in looking into that. But I remember looking at Ryan Zimmerman and being like, you really didn't. You're not hitting the ball in the air more. Your your numbers are still on par. Yeah, you're getting you're hitting the ball a little bit harder, but that's about it. Like, at least Daniel Murphy, we saw that he was hitting the ball in the air a ton. Mm-hmm. Like, he actually made it a change in his swing. So I think Ryan Zimmerman was off to a great start, and I think he's... He's starting to cool off. I mean, well, his look, month, you couldn't expect him to hit yeah, 350. But he, in or, in know, May but, he hit like 318 mm-hmm. with like four homers. That's that's not a bad month at all. That's no. a great month. But then you look, June got even worse, and now you know it, it's continuing into July. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, we were talking about it early. He really couldn't trade Ryan Zimmerman because I, I people were too concerned about the injury. You weren't going to get a fair deal for him because, in my opinion, you were going to want something better than what someone was willing to mm-hmm. give up. But 
So yeah, you're riding out with Ryan Zimmerman. I know he's an all-star and all, but he he's been tailing off as of late. It shows you how hot he really was. The fact that he's still hitting 334 with the number yeah. you just gave mm-hmm. from uh, since June. Uh, but obviously his power has gone away. And it's just baseball this year. So many guys you've ever even heard of are hitting homers left and right. I don't know. I think it's new baseballs. Right. Uh, I don't know if steroids are back in the game now, but yeah, something, something's something going that's on. Undetectable. Yeah. Right? <laughs> a little fishy. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, there have been study. There was one study I think we talked about uh, in terms of that the ball, the stitching on the ball is lower, and there's a, a situation where they compared. They 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 said it was the 2015 All Star Game before and after. They compared the balls that were used. That's apparently when they made the switch. Yeah, yeah. and now the balls that they're using today travel like an average of seven feet farther, mm-hmm. and they have the potential. They're bouncier. Baseball is really be- is becoming a three outcome sport. Yeah. Guys going to strike out, guys going to walk, guys going to homer. Mm-hmm. There's there's other outcomes, but primarily walk rates are up, strike rates are up, and right. home run is home runs are way up. Apparently, exit velocity is up. Just ask Sandy Alderson because <laughs> yeah. that's why Tim Tebow got called up. Of course, that exit velocity, his <laughs> metrics go. were improved. He'll be here in September. Mm-hmm. If the Mets are <laughs> under 500, I mean, there's no point for them not to. You got to sell some tickets. Somebody tweeted out that Tebow and Conforto were in the same they were, lineup. I did. Yeah, oh, that they, was you. Okay. They, uh, <laughs> and it was coincidentally dollar night. That's so right, dollar right. beers, yeah. dollar hot dog, dollar soda, and dollar popcorn. If they did that at City Field, I would be there. And I mean, I'm already there. But dollar beers, my God, that probably won't end well for something. Yeah, probably not. Uh, so Justin Smoke, I voted for him as well. Uh, he's cut his strikeout rate from almost 32% to 19% since last season. And one other thing I noticed about him is that he's hitting a lot better. Uh, uh, with the slider, he always had a lot of problems with. 181 uh, against the slider for his career this season. In 39 at-bats, he's batting 333 against the slider. So, that's just so we both voted for Smoke. Who would mm-hmm. you vote for? If you call him a waiver wire, I'm going to say Zimmerman, just because mm-hmm. even though he struggled, his stats are still pretty ridiculous for his usual years. Um, I mean, I like Smoke, too, because I have him on my team. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Smoke's going to keep it up. I really hope he does, since mm-hmm. I just traded uh, Carrasco hope and Cabrera. he does for you as well. Sentimental yeah. favorite for me was uh, Mark Reynolds. Yeah, right Reynolds now. finished last yeah. in this poll. Zimmerman just edging out Smoke, 36% to 34, right. with Lomo in third. When we come back, second base... On the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Waver Wire All-Stars Weekend Fantasy Update. We'll be right back. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Baseball All-Star Game coming up in a couple of days. So we thought we'd put together our own All-Star team. That's right. Joe Galina here with Mike Florio, Jake Brown, Pete Considori producing the show. So we thought we'd take all the waiver wire ads that you've made over the season that have stuck to your team. that Guys that you didn't just pick up and then a week later because they kind of tanked it that you dropped. So we're up to second base. And uh, the uh, four candidates that we chose were Scooter Gannett, Whit Merrifield, Scooter Gannett from the Reds, by the way, Whit Merrifield from the Royals, Marwin Gonzalez from the Astros, and Chris Taylor from uh, the Dodgers. What's going on with the, the poll? It's the closest poll of the bunch. Right now we have 
Gonzalez and Taylor tied at 27% for second. Scooter Jeanette, 29% in, in first. And Whit Merrifield, Whit had the longest hitting streak at one point mm-hmm. this season, 17%. My Merrifield, vote. He started the uh, season in the minor leagues. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My vote went to Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor is a guy who, for some reason, we all expect to get booted from the Dodgers lineup, but he can play all over the diamond, so he constantly is big, playing. Big thing, he's hitting three eighty three versus lefties. That's that's huge for the Dodgers. They've had a tough, tough time. Especially, you know, you, you have a lot of, yeah, exactly, a lot yeah. of guys who struggle against lefties. Yeah. Jock Peterson comes to mind. Uh, I mean, they basically have two outfields. They mm-hmm. have guys who they're going to play against righties and guys who they're going to play against lefties. But Chris Taylor, I know everyone is waiting for him to get bumped from the lineup, waiting for him to cool off. He's hitting, he has 10 homers, 38 RBIs. This is the big thing in fantasy. He has 11 stolen bases. Right. And uh, another, I mean, you want to go more categories, 294 average, 375 OBP. How about the fact that he's el- he could be eligible at three spots, outfield, third base, and shortstop? Four. Oh. Second, third, shortstop, outfield. There you go. That's not, that's yeah, not yeah. bad. And, and as you said, a lot of people said, oh, he's going to lose playing time. I acquired him like days before he was supposed to lose playing time. I forget who was Adrian Gonzalez was hurt, I think, or something. Yeah. And he came back and they're like, oh, he's out of the lineup. And he's stuck in and he's had similar stats of the whole way. And the whole, as I said before with catcher, you like a guy being eligible in multiple positions, four positions. Mm-hmm. You can mix and match him wherever. Um I, I had him and Freddie Galvis, and Galvis, I know, is coming up on the uh, shortstop mm-hmm. list, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Taylor's just been so consistent and uh, hopefully keeps it going these last couple of months. We still have so much baseball left. We forget yeah. like, there's still 75 to 80 games uh, mm-hmm. left. So, and like I said, way. you know, this is the time of year where uh, a lot of fantasy players, their attention goes to football. So if you stick with baseball and keep up with hot players, work that waiver wire, any uh, other – uh, prospects that are going to get called up, you have a good chance of finishing your league uh, strong. It's a daily grind. I yeah. mean, picking up like a tie block, like mm-hmm. these guys that you never even heard of, uh, to make maybe a spot start here and there, or what could uh, get you back in the playoff race. And that's mm-hmm. sure what I'm hoping here down in 11th place. I'm not giving up because sometimes you just get guys out of nowhere who do something, yep. uh, give them a couple weeks, and then give them the boot and find mm-hmm. the next guy. We, we talk about it all the time. That's how you win leagues. You pick guys up when they're hot. And you know what? I bet you people who picked up Chris Taylor, Scooter Jeanette, they probably thought, all right, I'll ride this guy out for two weeks, maybe three weeks while they're mm-hmm. hot. And, and, I mean, you've had them in your lineup ever since. You look at the numbers. I, I know I said I voted for Chris Taylor mainly because the steals and the OBP. But Scooter Jeanette, 14 homers, 46 ribbies. He has two steals himself, a 317 average, 367 OBP. I mean, he's helping you across the board as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, career high in home runs uh, with 14. Of course, we all remember him for that four home run day. And that's almost like a common theme with we were talking about that live ball with career high in home runs already. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez, his numbers are excellent as well. I, I didn't mean, realize he was that good. 319, 15 home runs, 50 uh, runs batted in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that walk rate of 10.9 basically doubles his career average. So that's part of his success. I think it was Colin McHugh, but it was one of the Astros pitchers tweeted out his num- Marvin Gonzalez's <laughs> numbers and was like, the fact that he plays every position, how is he not an all-star? Right. I-, I think there could be a case to be made there, but you knew Marvin Gonzalez wasn't going to make right. the all-star team. And Merrifield, 13 stolen bases, eligible in the outfield as well. So, I mean, everyone on this list mm-hmm. has some value. Question for you guys. Which stat do you find 
the most overrated in terms of you don't care. Like I hear friends of mine say, oh, I don't care much about saves. It's a meaningless category in fantasy. Uh, stolen bases, I think it's harder to find guys who steal bases consistently, especially this year. There haven't mm-hmm. been a ton of guys who have like a 40 steals in the first half or whatever. Which stat do you find the most overrated? I'm tempted to say quality start because maybe it should go up to like seven innings instead of six, but... With pitchers not really going that deep, kind of even hedging on that. Mm-hmm. You're, but, you're uh, talking like which fantasy stat? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think it's the most miscon. I, I think there's a couple that get most overlooked. I think offensively runs is the most overlooked stat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, it's hard to... And whip for pitchers. Mm-hmm. But I think the most misconstrued stat is home runs. Because in years past, a guy like Adam Jones would say, you're going to get 25 homers out of this guy. You'd be like, yeah, I'll gladly sign up for that. But in today's baseball, 25 homers is like an average season. Right. Well, 2017, yeah. 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 A guy like Didi Gregorius, if he didn't miss that chunk of time, he could have hit 25 home runs. Yeah. Still might. Is, do you have a stat that you think? Uh, I think kinda... stolen bases is just so hard to find guys to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you really need someone consistent, as was a Trey Turner, mm-hmm. uh, before he went down. But guys I have are just, I mean... Scooter gets one rarely. Pedroia maybe once every couple of weeks. Uh, two gets one one every, once every couple of weeks. Malik Smith is a guy who I traded for, who was hot at the start. I got him in the, after his first week, and um, he stole like a couple in the first game. And you're thinking, oh, this guy's gonna have 40 steals in the second half, and then since then he's had like three. Uh, so I feel like that one's a little overrated it's just because so it's not dependent consistent. on on the way that a team operates. Like you know, the Nationals run. I mm-hmm. mean, but there are some some teams. They just don't run. The Orioles lost a little yeah. bit this year, oh, I feel like. We, we talk about it all the time because steals are down because with all the home runs going up, at mm-hmm. least I believe this, you're in scoring position now from first base. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. why risk getting thrown out when you're – every hitter – Elvis Andrews is going to hit over 20 home runs. Yes. And he, he never had double digits. Like mm-hmm. it, It's just insane that you really – once you get on base, you really are in scoring position with the way the ball's carrying the shit. Jacob DeGrom's hitting 290 yeah. over <laughs> All right, should we move over to third base, try to get that one in before Third commercial? base is a blowout. I mean, <laughs> it's Shaw by a landslide. Travis Shaw. Uh, I don't like to pat myself on the back. I liked him. You liked him, Mike. I picked him yeah. up. So in I mean, one of my leagues, he went undrafted, and before the season started, yeah. I picked him up, and I have started him every single week this season. What do you think the season? Red Sox would do to get him back on their team right uh. now? Uh, they're, they're doing just fine. Yeah. I mean, uh, but they're they need, winning the World right. Series. I don't it? know about the World Series, but... They're so good. I mean, they definitely need a third baseman, mm-hmm. but... but you mean Pablo sucks? Yeah. <laughs> Lost weight, still sucks. <laughs> the, other, the other candidates were uh, Davidson, TJ Rivera, Yunel Escobar, and Shaw just ran away with it 81% of the vote. And I feel like it was just, just like a sign of pity, like putting TJ Rivera in that <laughs> pole. I mean, I love TJ, but the guy's like a singles hitter with an occasional home I, run. I was looking for a third baseman who like... That's the Mets fan in you, right? Yeah, yeah. A little bit of it was. But I was looking for third basemen who were universally like not drafted. Like Even mm-hmm. Travis Shaw, I thought, I was like, he was probably drafted in a, in a deep... Like, I don't... All 15-team leagues, he was drafted. We were trying to go yeah, based 15, on 12-teamers. Yeah, right. So, I mean... But you look at TJ Rivera. Now, you guys are Mets fans, so, I mean, you, you know a lot about him. Uh, and basically, he's a utility guy, right? Because mm-hmm. he can play all over the place. But this guy, his minor league numbers... Seven seasons has a triple slash of 324, 370, 435. I mean, it just the guy could hit. I he mean, he was a long shot, too. Yeah. The story of him getting to the big leagues has been told multiple times, and no one thought he ever had a shot, and mm-hmm. now he's in the big leagues. Um, 
Honestly, it should be a Med Rosario in that spot. So Rivera's <laughs> been benefiting yeah. from that. But yeah. I mean, the kid stays up and he hits. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, there's no point of. I think he's more of a fit as a bench bat. He's a great pinch hitter mm-hmm. um, who should get spot starts once or t- twice a week. Um, but yes, yeah, I mean, and Matt Davidson was oh. yeah surprise. Matt Davidson uh, was another great one that was power hitter. Yeah, basically just. I mean, I don't think he's ever going to hit for average. He's just no, gonna be one of these but he's guys. he's a pure power hitter and. He's he's been he had a, like a stretch where he hit like he needs to get traded to the, bunches. to the Rockies. Maybe that'll boost up his batting average a little bit. <laughs> Shortstop's been a blowout too, man. Mm-hmm. And it's your guy, Joe. I mean, I know I was low on him this year because he didn't hit the ball hard at all mm-hmm. last year. I thought he was just a pure yeah, factor we were Yankee whether Stadium. Or not last season was you know an aberration. Whether or not he's going to be able to repeat. He, so our shortstops are Orlando Garcia, Tim Beckham, Freddie Galvis, and Didi Gregorius. And Didi has 63% of the vote. Mm-hmm. Orlando Garcia, who Frank talks about a lot. Mm-hmm. Orlando like Garcia him, yeah. was hitting like low 200s coming into June, and now he's hitting almost 300. Yep. So that shows you just... home runs, 30 runs, uh, runs batted in, and five steals. I and mean, we, we forget that this kid was a top prospect. And a lot of times when, when guys come up and they struggle early on, we're quick to write them off. Right. But... I mean, this guy is showing why sometimes you have to have patience. Right. Last season, he was was supposed to be his breakout year, but he, he slumped miserably, and VR took over, right? But this guy, like you say, he's got a great pedigree. And I know he kind of – no one is ever going to confuse Freddie Galvis with anyone great, but I do feel like he's a little disrespected. Like, he is in last place right now with only 8% of the vote. He has eight homers, six steals. Last year, he just missed being a 2020 guy. Mm-hmm. I know he's not a great player by any stretch, but – a 2020 guy has room on your fantasy roster. Yep. What about Beckham, overall number one pick for 2008 draft? Maybe a late bloomer. Uh, I'm not a believer in him. Still strikes out a ton. I know the power is real with him. home runs, five steals. The power is real, but strikes out too much, isn't going to hit for average. And how about uh, Didi not getting the final vote yeah. despite serving burritos at Chipotle <laughs> and swiping people with the subway card? Where are you, New Yorkers? Vote for the guy. <laughs> I mean, it's a joke. He paid for his subway ride, which gets raised every couple of weeks another quarter. Soon it's going to be like $10 to ride the freaking subway. And he's, and he's giving you burritos. I mean, how could you not vote for him? I'm a Mets fan. But for those acts, I love anyone who does that. And uh, in the world of social media today, it works out well. Apparently not. No Yankee fans vote for him. Well, well he won our poll. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that makes up for not being an all-star, but Let's it's a consolation prize. When we come back, outfield, stolen bases, starting pitchers, relief pitchers, try to get it all in on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network weekend fantasy update. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, taking a weekend fantasy update. Look at the waiver wire ads that we feel are all stars. I'm Joe Galina. I'm here with Jake Brown and Mike Florio, Pete Costori, producing the show. Let's get to the outfield, guys. Uh, the four individuals that we thought should be nominated: Aaron Hicks from the Yanks, Avisel Garcia from the White Sox, Scott Shebler. From the Reds and Michael A. Taylor from the Nationals. Unfortunately, two out of these four guys are on the DL. <laughs> but uh, I have uh, Shebler as the winner, no? Yes. 38%? It was a close vote, but Shebler ended up pulling it out. Mm-hmm. I I mean, we drafted Shebler. Yes. 
And the GST, that's a 15-team, five outfield league, so it's deep. Mm-hmm. We but drafted him. 12, I don't think he was. I don't, so. I don't think so either. We took him as our last outfielder mm-hmm. late in the draft. And I remember when we took him, we said, if we get 20 homers out of this guy, maybe well, we got like 22. 75 <laughs> RBIs. It's not even the All-Star game yet, and he right. has 22. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's been awesome. We also His have... RBIs are a little low for the number yeah. of home runs. But, look, like you said, for someone that wasn't picked up in, in many leagues... You know, and the fact that we would have been happy with twenty home runs, this guy could very I think well hit thirty. Another guy that we had, Aaron Hicks. I think he would have got more votes had he not gotten hurt. I know nope. we were all waiting for him to regress a bit because he was playing by far the best baseball of his career. But this is a guy who was walking almost as much as he was striking out. Ten homers, seven steals, two ninety average, three ninety eight OBP. I mean, that's great production across the board. In a ballpark that favors him, you know, the Yankee effect as well. I mm-hmm. do think that is real. I think if he didn't miss the last month, he would have gotten more of the vote. Where's the love for Avisel Garcia, a guy who, yes, has mm-hmm. been slumping, but out of nowhere. I mean, the guy was a career 240, 250 hitter, right. uh, and this year has been consistently over 300. Uh, was dominating the first two, two and a half months of the year until he's gone in a slump, but... Uh, another guy who's really come out of nowhere to hit for high average and driving runs, 51 ribbies. Yeah, no, he he has been much better than I think anyone ever thought. I mean, we want at one point he was baby Miggy, but mm-hmm. I I do like Garcia. Maybe it's because his biggest attribute is average. I, I voted for Scott Chebler just because of that those twenty two home runs mm-hmm. and a guy we haven't spoke about yet though, Michael Taylor. I mean, he's been awesome as of late. Twelve mm-hmm. homers, ten steals, forty runs, thirty five ribbies. I mean. You can't complain with that. Yeah, he's a guy that's burned me in a couple of previous seasons because I, I mean, I looked at his minor league stuff and he looked like a really good power stolen base guy. Finally, this year he's coming into his own. Unfortunately, uh, just went on the DL with an oblique issue. So, but uh, it definitely deserves consideration. All four of these guys really have just come out of the woodwork to mm-hmm. uh, have really good seasons so far. Yeah, I mean, I think before the season, if you said the four of the best waiver wire guys are going to be Shebler, Taylor, Hicks. And Garcia, we, we would have laughed at that. Mm-hmm. Should we try to get to stolen bases yeah, before yeah. the commercial? Stolen bases has kind of been a blowout. Yeah. Um, Who's winning that one? Cameron Mabin, who, wow. who despite of the vote. missing time on the deal, I remember he came back on a Friday, mm-hmm. and he stole six bases in one weekend. 25 stolen bases so far on the season. Really good um, base percentage for the past couple of years. Uh, Jake, you mentioned Malik Smith. Twenty-one uh, percent of the started vote started off great. Steel yeah. bases, three thirty-three batting average, four hundred three on He's base percentage, eleven stolen bases. Uh, and uh, Andrew Tum, uh, Simmons, I mean, he's kind of been a little bit of a of, like in a deeper league. He's played a good shortstop for you. In, in he's a been oddly offensively good. Everyone knows his numbers when he's on the field. He's mm-hmm. incredible. He's one of the his WAR or whatever is higher than so many shortstops mm-hmm. just because of his defensive abilities. But the guy has been a two eighty hitter. He's mm-hmm. driving and runs. He steals bases. Uh, he's having a career year really all around. This is kind of what we had expected from him when he was with the Braves, but they finally come into his own. So when we come back, uh, we're gonna hit the starting pitcher and relief pitcher categories. And then we've got Heath Cummings from CBS. He'll be talking fantasy football with us on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Here are your hosts, Joe Galena, Frank Stample, and Mike Florio. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. I am Joe Galena, here with Jake Brown and Mike Florio, Pete Consigliere, producing our show. And uh, we've been going over the waiver wire fantasy baseball all-stars in honor of the baseball all-star game, which will be taking place this Tuesday in Miami. And uh, next segment, we've got Heath Cummings coming on with us talking about his fantasy football uh, rankings. He's from CBS. And uh, just wanted to finish up the uh, waiver wire all-stars, the starting pitching category the four uh, nominees were Alex Wood, Jose Berrio, Irvin Santana, and Jason Vargas. And uh, it's a runaway. How about Wood not making the all-star team? He got to replace Clayton Kershaw. Oh, dude. Because Kershaw's pitching tomorrow, I believe. Okay. Alex Wood, man. Yeah, he was your guy, yeah. If I could pat I myself him. on the back. I liked him, but you loved him. So I, I've I, been a Wood yeah. fan for years. <laughs> I, <I've, laughs> as funny as that sounds, from when he, <laughs> since he's come up with the Braves, man, I, I've been a believer in this kid. And, and I remember, I, I really, during the offseason, I, I looked hard at his numbers. And from when he said he made an adjustment, when he got called back up and put back in the starting rotation, until he got injured. Mm-hmm. He, his numbers were off the charts, so I was a big believer in him this year. Unfortunately, they started him off in the bullpen. That's why so many people didn't draft him. I actually drafted him in a number of leagues, and, and once he got put in the starting lineup, I mean, he's ran away with it. An ERA below two, striking guys out left and right, keeping people off base, not allowing any walks, getting a ton of ground balls. And, and I mean, I know we're not a huge believer in wins and losses, but he's 10-0. and 0. We, That helps you in we fantasy. We were upset that he wasn't in their starting rotation to, to start the season. Right? I, I mean, yeah. you guys. I told you guys it was so frustrating because I would drop him, pick him up, drop him, pick him up. Every time they put him back in the rotation, I was spending my fab or, or my top waiver claims on this guy. Right. So uh, let's move over real quick because we're running uh, out of time. But let's take a look at the closer position. And the common denominator out of the guys that we nominated was none of these were closers at the start of the season, right? Mm-hmm. Brad Brock, Corey Knable, Justin Wilson, and Bud Norris. And Knable uh, pretty much ran away with it. Uh, As he Brewers, should. Brewers Nasty closer. stuff. Mm-hmm. The guy strikes out guys at an alarming rate. Yeah. Brock was a fill-in, and he's going to lose that closer spot in about a week mm-hmm. um, as um, Britain. Britain is back yeah. on my team. Um, he's back in there. And in you, a week, you're a Britain owner? I am. I kept right. him. Uh, he's going to be back to the closer spot. He's got a yeah. .8 ERA. Mm-hmm. But Knebel, just watching him pitch against the Mets a couple weeks ago, this guy's incredible. And he's going to be a closer for a while now. He, you're right. 15 Ks per nine. A little high on the walk side, five. But uh, with those strikeouts, I mean, he still was able to have a 91, 95% strength rate. 71 Ks in 40 innings. Well... There you have it, the uh, Fancy Baseball Waiver Wire All-Stars. When we come back, it's going to be Fancy Football all the way. Heath Cummings from CBS is going to be joining us, talking about his Fancy Football rankings. Specifically, want to know what he feels about Brandon Cooks. We'll be back on the Fancy Sports Radio Network.
And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. We have a very special guest. I am Joe Glenn. I'm here with Mike Florio, Jake Brown. And we're joined by Heath Cummings from CBS Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Heath Cummings Senior. And Heath had to be bobbing his head to Stevie Wonder there, oh, no I, doubt about it. He's in his phone, just that, shaking right? his yeah. head a little bit. Well, we all were. I love Stevie Wonder. How you doing, Heath? Oh, Heath? absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us on. I'm doing uh, great. It's always great to come on with you guys. Yes, I appreciate it. Um, we don't really have that much time, so I want to get right into it with you. All right, we, you have uh, Brandon Cooks ranked 29th in PPR and 23rd in Standard. A lot of people have him as a, a top 20 wide receiver, uh, if not even a wide receiver one. Uh, what is it that you you like and you don't like about him? Well, I, I was somebody that had him ranked probably closer to the top 15 than I do now when New first broke that he was going to New England. And this has nothing to do with doubting New England. This has nothing to do with thinking that Brandon Cooks isn't a very special wide receiver. I just there's not enough targets there. You look mm-hmm. at New England and they're a team that throws the ball to their running backs a ton. Uh, and obviously they have Rob Gronkowski. I don't think Julian Edelman's just going to disappear. I have a hard time finding a situation where Brandon Cooks tops more than seventy or seventy-five catches, and it's just really difficult to be a, a high-end number two wide receiver with that type of target. Yeah, I agree with you. We were talking about that uh, at, at the commercial. Just you never know what kind of an offensive scheme Belichick is going to use week to week. Any other Patriots outside of Brady, of course, that uh, you're willing to trust this season in fantasy? Like maybe a, a Gronk maybe? Or do you trust well, him? I mean, saying do you trust Gronk is kind of like I trust Gronk <laughs> when he's playing for sure. <laughs> I, I think he's, he's worth a pick at the end of the second, start of the third round. I don't know that you can necessarily expect him to play 16 games. I mean, partially because the Patriots might wrap up the division in week 13, but I, I still, when he's on the field, he's such an incredible difference maker. And the back end of the tight end, top 10, top 12, is so level all the way through 13, 14, 15. I feel like that those weeks you do lose Gronk, it's not that difficult to find low-end tight end production. They're going to have to start keeping a track uh, for Gronk's uh, spikes off the field. I mean, he's <laughs> at a wedding spiking flowers. He's at a party spiking a drink. Uh, he's doing at a something. wrestling match, too. Yeah, you never know where you'll find Gronk in the world. Uh, hey, Heath, Jake Brown here. Um, you have uh, Devontae Adams, 19th in standard and 25th in P- PPR. Recently at Twitter, uh, you said you expect him to regress. Uh, why is that? Do you think uh, maybe Ty Montgomery takes some uh, fantasy points away from him this year? I, I, I got into a little bit of trouble because I was talking about Ty Montgomery actually scoring more fantasy points than him, and it's, I guess, a combination of me being a little bit lower on Adams and a little bit higher on Montgomery than everyone else, or maybe a lot higher on Montgomery. I, part of the thing, and I think we probably all agree, that the touchdowns are going to regress if the catches and yardage don't come up. Nobody catches 12 touchdown passes except for James Jones with a, less than 1,000 yards receiving. And you look at what Adams did, he didn't top 1,000 yards, despite the fact that Rodgers threw 620 passes. That's 40, basically, more passes than he's ever thrown before, 60 or 70 more than what you see in a normal year. I don't expect Rodgers to throw the ball 620 times again. That means to me that Adams is probably going to get less targets. 
he was not particularly efficient on a per-target basis, except for in the touchdown department. So I've got him somewhere around 900 yards, somewhere around eight touchdowns, which isn't isn't a bad season at all. It's just not anywhere close to what he was last year. Do you expect Montgomery to see more time in the backfield again this year as we did last year? Yeah, I, I do. I think that he... Like if I had to bet on somebody that was going to lead the Packers in carries, it would be Ty Montgomery. Hmm. Hey, Mike. Here. Now that doesn't mean oh. I think he's going to get seventy-five percent of them. Mm-hmm. Hey, Heath. Uh, Mike here. Thanks for for joining us first. And I know we were talking uh, before we came on. You you didn't think you were going to be the high guy on Jarvis Landry. You have him sixteenth in PPR, twentieth in standard. But it's kind of shaping up that you are the high guy on him. So what is it that you like so much about Landry? I know he's a catch machine, but do you worry that Parker, Stills, and even like Julius Thomas coming over there, that they could uh, eat into some targets? Yeah, there's been this phenomenon on Twitter over the past week, week and a half, where more and more people are coming out with uh, Jarvis Landry slander, I guess. And I'm basically ranking him as, the type of player that he's been for the last couple of years. I, I know the argument against him is that when the Dolphins got the running game going and fed the ball to Jay Ajayi, he didn't see the same number of targets. And that's true, but Jay Ajayi was really good when they had that one perfect situation with all of their offensive linemen being healthy. One of those offensive linemen has gone, Brand Albert. I don't know that we should expect Mike Pouncey to be healthy again. I still think Ajayi has a nice year, but I don't believe it's a situation where they're giving it to him 25 30 times a game like they did over that four game stretch when he was so phenomenal so i still feel like landry is a pretty safe volume play i i don't love his upside i don't know that he ever has a number one wide receiver season but he feels pretty safe to me as a number two so uh last season uh you were very high on matt ryan and i tip my cap to you because a lot of people weren't and this year you still have him as a qb1 but uh, you have him ranked ninth. Uh, do you think that he's going to be a candidate for national uh, regression? And uh, maybe you think the change in offensive uh, coordinators, you think that's going to affect him as well? You know, I think I have Matt Ryan ranked in the same place I had him ranked last year. So like, last year he was a uh, 15th or 16th when it came to ADP. And I felt like he was probably going to be a number one quarterback. He'd had some bad touchdown luck the year before. And then last year he throws for more touchdowns on fewer pass attempts. And he, like, it, that wasn't just touchdown regression coming back to where Matt Ryan should be last year. He went completely the opposite direction. Well, yeah, I think he comes back to earth a little bit this year. I think the Falcons are going to have the lead a lot. They're going to be running the ball plenty. And you just don't see quarterbacks, I mean, his yards per attempt were as high as we've ever seen. You don't see quarterbacks do that multiple years in a row. So he's going to regress in the other direction this year. Hey, Heath, I know a lot of people are excited. Scott Fishbowl is starting on Monday. I, this is a league, for those wondering, where it's broken down into 12-team leagues, but altogether there is 700 teams in this league. <laughs> so I'm wondering, Heath, when a league this deep, how do you attack it? Do you take more chances than your normal draft, or do you just handle it like you know you would any other fantasy football draft. You know, I've taken, this will be my third year in the Scottish Bowl, and I've taken a pair of different approaches the first year. I thought I was going to be really smart, and I don't care if it's two quarterbacks. I'm still waiting on quarterbacks. There's so many of them, and I just completely bombed out. 
Last year, I tried to kind of attack it on more of just a traditional basis and had a decent year, but you're not aiming for decent in a league like this. It doesn't really do you any good. So you got to take some swings this year. You might as well uh, shoot for the moon, go for upside. doesn't do anybody any good to finish in the middle of half of a league like this. And I know new to the league this year is they're rewarding points for first down. Is that going to affect the way you draft, or do you think it's just a little too unpredictable? I think one of the interesting things will be at the tight end position, because I believe it's a first down, and I'm spending some time this weekend getting prepped for it. The rules are so different than any other league that I play in. I think you really have to do that the final two days before the draft starts. But I think it's going to boost tight ends worth. It's going to boost running backs worth. I, I'm a little bit worried. I, I think what they were trying to do was wide receivers have kind of gotten a little bit out of control and trying to mitigate the worth of the wide receiver, but it may have gone a little bit too far. I know there's been a lot of really smart people out there running what the scoring would have done last year. And you're looking at like one wide receiver in the top 10 scores amongst running backs and wide receivers. So it's going to be interesting to see how far the wide receivers fall in this draft. And Heath, before we let you go, I mean, I know you're a big Celtics fan. They, they're really the talk of basketball right now. Are you pleased with this offseason, or were you hoping that they made a little bit of a bigger splash going after, like, a Paul George or Jimmy Butler? I, I'm pretty pleased with it. I, I said multiple times, and I know some people have argued, I don't think there's a better place to be, unless you're the Warriors, than where the Celtics are, because... Mm-hmm. Being honest, unless the Warriors deal with injuries, they're probably going to win the title for the next couple of years. The Celtics are in a place where they're going to win 50 games over the next couple of years, and they also have more assets than anybody else moving forward. So I love the fact that they're able to bring in Gordon Hayward. They're able to significantly upgrade the team, and they still have all those draft picks. It's great. Danny, assets, strikes again. They kept <laughs> their picks, and they get Gordon Hayward. What a day. Uh, in Celtics land, a new big three, a, minor, a mini big three in Boston. Heath, I know you're a Royals fan too. Before we let you go, uh, doesn't look like they're going to have be sellers, right? I mean, they're kind of in the thick of it. No, they're a little over uh, five hundred. Uh, they're right there in the yeah, AOR card. Yeah, and Hosmer's hot, Mustakis is hot. They, they, you don't think they're going to be sellers, do you? No, no. It, it, it's a weird feeling because I've enjoyed this team over the last three or four years. It's been a phenomenal run. I love the fact they're going to get one more shot down the stretch. But I kind of already talked myself into it like a month ago when they were 10 games under 500. <laughs> but, okay, this is the end. At least they're going to build for the future. So they've got nothing in the minor leagues. After mm. this year, it's awful. And so this this is probably going to like set the franchise back three or four years. The fact that they're not going to sell any of these guys. They're not going to have any prospects at all. But... Enjoy the ride now. I, I, as a royal fan, I spent 25 years looking forward to the future. I'm just going to enjoy the right now. All right. Well, he, unfortunately, your Royals prevented my Mets from winning a World Series. Oh, <laughs> don't remind me of that. Heartbreak city. Uh, he, appreciate, <laughs> appreciate you coming on. Always great stuff. Hope to talk to you again as the season approaches. Uh, follow Heath at, at Heath Cummings Senior. Thanks a lot, Heath. Take care, Heath. Thanks, guys. And we'll be back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back. 
to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. A little headbanging music for you, Jake. Well, I feel like your tone changes to the song. Did, there right? was one that I was like smooth to. R&B and you were smoother. And now you're rocking out a little bit. Yeah, you know, you I should get the guitar on. Yeah, exactly. A little uh, air guitar going on. Mike Flory, what's going on over there? Not much, man. I, I'm not enjoying the rock music as much as no. I was some of the other music. Is that like a big concert? Zach Brown, is he coming around soon? I think my daughter's Probably. going to see him. I have to say, Zach <laughs> Brown band is wildly overrated. I don't know if that's a hot take, but so, like, I know chicken fried, that's it. And I'd rather eat fried chicken than go see chicken fried perform, honestly. <laughs> I mean, his tickets are just, like, extraordinarily expensive. Like, if you go to PNC, I'll which tell is, you this. Yeah. Last year, he played at City Fields. No. I didn't go to the concert. I my daughter saw it. But right. I got there early and I was at the tailgate. Mm-hmm. It was a ton of fun. Yeah. Everyone's just out in the parking lot drinking, wait, wait, playing wait, wait, games. Wait, wait, wait. You went to a concert tailgate, but didn't go to the concert. Nope. I went that to the concert wild. tailgate. He's a party animal, and it was, Jake. It was He's a, a lot party of, animal. I knew people going to the concert, but I didn't want to. I don't, I'm not into that band or anything. Mm-hmm. So I went. To, I mean, I live not far from City Field, so I got mm-hmm. there. We were drinking for hours in the parking lot, and then they all went inside, and I was like, all right, I'm going to go somewhere else. But, Low key. Loki, kind of want to see the Lady Gaga concert at City Field because I kind of want to see the crowd that's going to be there. Mm. And plus, she's got some bangers. It's Lady Gaga. Oh, yeah, I yeah. mean, she's crazy, but she's got songs that you're going to bob your head to. Yep. I met her. That's really? right. I, I saw the picture. I on, met her when I was at a supermarket her. or something. I right? was at Stop and Shop <laughs> of all places in Maspeth. It's not the, my she local Stop here? and Shop. I she did. She lived in like. Did she, did, in did Howard she, Beach Did she let her use your Stop and Shop card for the I, discount? I don't have one. I, me and my friends were online, and we were like, right in front of us is Lady Gaga. Right. So we were like, hey, can we get a picture? I was like 17 at the time. She had just made, what was her first song? Just Dance, I think. That's Probably. one of them, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I think whatever her first yeah. song was, it just came out like mm-hmm. a couple weeks before it. So she really wasn't big. I mean, now she probably wouldn't be shopping and mm-hmm. Stop and, and she shop. was by herself? No, she was with her mom. And two guys, like I don't know if they were security or what, but I remember all I remember she was online, in front of us, and she was like, "Oh my god, I forgot peas!" And she went <laughs> running to get frozen peas, and was like, "Do you mind if I go in front of you?" We said, "No." We were like, "But can we get a picture of you?" And she, she took a picture with us. Is she, was she nice? Oh yeah, she was very nice. But this yeah. was years ago. This was like really before she was big. Yeah, yeah. She's, she love games. She comes from uh, an Italian family, supposedly a great cook. So just a. She was using a, frozen peas, talented. Joe. I feel like you look down on frozen peas. Uh, I could understand. Yeah, frozen <laughs> peas. What is she doing? You could leave that behind. Get some like pizza bagels or something in the frozen <laughs> section. So, uh, you were asking us about some stats in baseball that mm-hmm. you know whether or not we we uh, thought they meant anything really, or, or the stats that we didn't think were that important. Well, NFL fantasy football has a lot of stats, right, Mike? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and, maybe uh, not as nearly to the degree of baseball. Right? Yeah. Thank but. God, no, no bad bips and all that. Other <laughs> stuff. More and more, man. In yeah. a few years, I mean, these things are going to be mainstream. But mm-hmm. so I found a lot of stats. I mean, these these are just stats that I've I've come across in my research for fantasy football. I want to know if they mean anything to you guys, and and if we should use them in fantasy football this season. And the first. Obviously, the Panthers went out. They drafted Christian, Christian McCaffrey. Great mm-hmm. pass catching bag. I, I'm pretty high on him, especially in PPR leagues. But no running back has ever caught 50 passes with Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. The closest was Vincent. Ja- um, I'm sorry, Jonathan Stewart in Cam's rookie season when he caught 47. Mm-hmm. So does that matter to you guys? Are you does that make you a little less bullish on Christian McCaffrey? Does it matter that no running back for the Panthers has caught at least 50? Yes. You know, 
Christian McCaffrey, he's, he's going to be a very. It's going to be very interesting to see how they use him this season. He's be I all mean, over the field. Dynamic guy, right? He's going to be returning punts, mm-hmm. and I just, uh, I'm not really enamored with any of uh, Newton's passing targets. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm not a Kelvin Benjamin fan. I don't know about you, Jake. No. Uh, he's huge now. I mean, yeah, yeah. he looks like the, I mean, yeah, he comes in Pillsbury Doughboy yeah, now. He comes he's in bigger every season. He's going to play O line. Funches is is <laughs> yeah. Funches is. Basically, I don't think he's fantasy relevant. I am interested in Curtis uh, Samuel? Samuels. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, but I think there's a chance that this might be the first season. He should. I mean, that he, uh, that a, a running back catches at least fifty passes. And for they, the, they didn't just have Stewart. They had Mike Tolbert. This guy is a monster. He's huge. <laughs> he's never going to catch a pass. He's the guy who's at the goal line. Uh, so they really only had Stewart and no other option. And when he's playing every down, the guy's going to be gas. McCaffrey is used to running all over the field like a maniac. So you're going to see him. In the slot, you're going to see him in the backfield. You're going to see reverse passes. He's going to throw some passes. Uh, so I'd I say McCaffrey having maybe 50, 55 receptions. I, I, you I, can't ignore Olsen. You know, I, I ignored him, but, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously he's Newton's favorite target. But I do think this is the year that changes, but it made me a little less bullish on McCaffrey. I get mm-hmm. it. They had Stewart before him. They had D'Angelo Williams. These guys were always banged up. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I this is the other point I have on Cam. He has not thrown for more than 4,000 yards since his rookie season where he threw for 4,050. So mm-hmm. just got over that mark. And he's only attempted 500 passes twice in his career. So for me, I- I'll tell you this. Cam Newton is not going to be on a single one of my fantasy teams because to get him, you're going to have to draft him as a top 12 quarterback. I don't have him as a top 12 quarterback. I have him more in the 14 area. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to have him anywhere. And he's got to cut back on hero ball. Let me run all over the field like a maniac. Let me not slide correctly. Uh, let me not run out of bounds. Because one, you're going to get hurt. Uh, two, it just doesn't work. Guys are coming after you. And you heard him last year complaining a lot about, oh, we don't, we're not, it's not safe for quarterbacks. Well, you're running around like a maniac. It's mm-hmm. not going to be safe. Plus, it's the game of football. Plus his offensive line was Terrible. playing Pretty poorly, yeah. right? So I mean, that was part of it as well. I mean, if he plays less hero do? ball, he'll yeah. have a better fantasy year, uh, especially with the help of McCaffrey. Um, I think that's going to make all the difference. He's never really had a guy that dynamic mm-hmm. on their team. I mean, they've always had a questionable receiving core. Jericho Cotri was like their second or third receiver. I think he's their uh, receiver coach now. Mm. He made the switch. I, I think we've seen uh, kind of like. I think there's going to be a big change in Newton going if forward. He, I don't think he's going to be running as much anymore. I, I right? agree, and that's yeah. partially why I don't want him because mm-hmm. I, I do think he will put up better passing numbers because he's going to be throwing more. But I, I don't know if he gets the volume to the point where you know you could afford to draft him over a Philip Rivers or a guy like that. Because what always made him so so great was the fact that he's going to not only rush for 500 plus yards, but he's going to have f- at least five rushing touchdowns. That all adds up. Mm-hmm. But if he's not running this year, I, I don't really want him. Here's a stat I'll ask you guys if it matters, since you're talking about stats that matter, and we're talking about Cam Newton. So uh, Pro Football Focus, uh, at some point this week, they put out just a, a little blip uh, of the three quarterbacks with the highest depth of targets among quarterbacks in 2016. He and was number one, He right? was number one. Matt Bark- uh, He was number one with 11. Matt Barkley, <laughs> 10.9. And uh, Jameis Winston, 10.8. I mean, does that... Help you think that maybe Newton's going to be passing a little bit more? I think it means that he just takes a lot of shots down mm-hmm. the field. And maybe that adds to why his completion percentage is always so low. Mm-hmm. But I, to me, seeing that stat, I, I didn't want to you know, bump up Newton at all. That reinforced your uh, idea. I, I don't think I want any shares of him as well. 
I'm I'm not like Cam Newton. I just like him for the dab, honestly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like I would not pick him in fantasy, and he's entertaining to watch. I like, uh, I like but he his just different plays outfits foolish. too. Yeah, I mean he's always. Like, always I mean like to see what he's going to look like. He looks the, ridiculous. <laughs> he's a better know, real life quarterback than fantasy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because point. besides that one year where he threw 35 touchdowns, he's never been you know a top option in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like, so like, next, he's a crybaby too. Yeah, he, he really was. Remember, we actually played a little crybaby. Yeah, no. yeah, because he kept wanting <laughs> last year. The second Sound stat. Like, yep. Last season, the Seahawks finished 20th in rushing attempts. Mm-hmm. That was the first time since they dra- since drafting Russell Wilson that they did not finish in the top three. Mm-hmm. Does this stat mean anything to you guys? Well, look, it looks like it's going to be a three-headed monster, right? Eddie Lacy. Uh, for some reason, I think Thomas Rawls might have a nice bounce-back season this year. And, and ProSites, I mean, he's a pretty dynamic runner as well, but he's more of a pass catcher, right? Yeah, yeah. He'll be in the mm-hmm. third down back. To me, I think this stat means a world. Like, I, I am going to be admittedly one of the high guys on Eddie Lacy. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna have him on a number of my teams because while he may shoot up draft boards as we get closer, right now he's going in the sixth, seventh round. Mm-hmm. I will sign up for that all day. I think the reason they were twentieth last year because they had no one they could trust. Right. CJ Prosite Rawls was hurt. Prosite got hurt. They had Christine Michael for a little bit. So I think they went out and they realized our best way of uh, you know our best attack is to rely on our run game, our defense and I know when you have Russell Wilson, that's going to increase the amount of times you, of rushing attempts you have. But I think they want a guy who they could hand the ball off to, say, we're going to get on your back. You're going to lead us to victory. You're going to give you the ball on the goal line a ton. We're going to limit Russell Wilson's throws. We're going to control the clock, let our defense do its thing. I think Eddie Lacy is going to have a huge year. And I think Eddie Lacy, he's never actually played poorly. For all the weight jokes and everything you get, he was averaging over five yards per carry before he got hurt last year. He has no reason to not be good this year. They're giving him 55000 to lose five pounds every week. I mean, the guy's made 110000 for hitting two weight limits uh, for being under 250. So I think he's more motivated than ever, and he joins a Super Bowl contender this year. Um, that he he's really has to have a good year, and he's going to get a ton of carries. The problem with him, though, is he is injury-prone. Yes, so we'll see if he can true. stay on the field. But I think cutting weight is going to be a huge part of uh, hey, listen, his Listen, I was able to get Rawls in a 12-team mock in the 11th round. That's pretty good value for him. When we come back, more of these stats in fantasy football. Do they matter? We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. I'm Joe Glina. I'm here with Mike Florio, Jake Brown, and Pete Considori producing our show. And remember, the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Exclusive Edge Package is available. Uh, just use promo code Free Radio at checkout for a discount. Uh, lots of content that's being updated on a daily basis. And we're going to get you through your draft and get you through your season. And also remember uh, that if you download the FNTSY radio app, you could hear any of the content on our network for free anytime. So uh, download that app, FNTSY radio. Do so I we, hit the plug thing for that? Do I hit this? Uh, 
Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Yeah, yeah. There I, I wanted to hit that there one. You <laughs> there you go. He's like a little kid. He just wanted to hit the, hit the bell. <laughs> right in front of my face. I needed to. Uh, so we were going over some stats in fantasy football, whether or not they mattered. Uh, what do we got next? The little New England Patriots statistic. Tom Brady has never had three players post 1,000 receiving yards in the same season. Wait, is the, Mike Lyon? This was from, I actually used this one for that game. That's where it's really stuck to me ever since. Closest he ever came was 2011 when Wes Walker was well over 1,000, 1,569 yards. Mm-hmm. Gronk was well over 1,327. Aaron Hernandez, mm-hmm. 910, oddly enough, was the third one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, granted, I mean, two of those guys were well over 1,000. And he hasn't had a season since where two guys have gone over. There's been injuries, though, that have really cost that. Gronk and Edelman both missed time. Mm-hmm. But do you think? Do you guys think this is relevant, or do you think that it is possible where Cooks, Gronk, and Edelman could all post a 1,000-yard season this year? I'd, I'd vote against it, <laughs> just like uh, Heath told us. And I agree with him. Just so many mouths to feed there. And it almost sounds like a cliche at this point. I just keep on repeating it. We just know, never know week to week what kind of a offensive scheme that uh, Bill Belichick is going to employ. Um, and look, I mean, you know, Chris Hogan, we, we thought there were going to be big things coming out of him. And he did play better once Tom Brady came uh, came back after his uh, early season suspension. But you just have so much talent there. And, you know, Brandon Cooks... Uh, and and Edelman, look, give me Edelman in a PPR league. Give me Cooks in a in a standard league. Uh, other than that, it's just too hard to trust some uh, Patriots in fantasy. Other than Brady, of course, and and I'm not taking Gronk because he goes too early for me. Yeah, Gronk <laughs> just continuously getting hurt. Yeah. These surgeries, I mean, it's going to catch up with you. I don't think his career is going to last as long as he hopes because there's only so much wear and tear the body can take, and, sure. and surgeries a guy can take. So I I'd say it's not going to happen. I expect Cooks and Edelman to have monster years. Uh, but, but, I mean, if Gronk stays on the field, they got a shot. But when has he in these last couple of years? So I would uh, vote against that. I would – I was no, I'm not going to say. I was going to say I would kill that uh, <laughs> with the Hernandez reference. But that's too soon. Too yeah. soon. Yeah, I wouldn't I, – I, I'm going to tell you this. I'm not going to have any Patriots on my team this year besides mm-hmm. maybe Brady. But I don't even think I'm going to pay up to get Brady. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I'm going to have any Patriots. Maybe which, if you play in a, in a two-quarterback t- uh, two league, maybe. Right? Scott Fishbowl's two-quarterback yeah. league. So maybe, maybe there I'll grab mm-hmm. one. But So the next stat, another team with loaded in weapons – but only one time has Philip Rivers ever had two players top 1,000 receiving yards. This was back in 2009. Vincent Jackson had 1,167, and Antonio Gates 10 less of 1,157. I think it's going to happen this year. You think multiple? I think he's going to have two. Who do you think the two are going to be? Tyrell Williams and the guy that gets hurt all the time. Keenan Allen. (laughs) Keenan Allen. You think Keenan Allen is going to? I think he's going to play 16 games. It's funny you say that because with the two I said and those two, those are like four of the only like five players Philip Rivers has ever had connect for a thousand mm-hmm. yards in a season. Yeah, I just I'm very bullish on the uh, Chargers offense this year. I guess it's not hard to be. He's got two excellent tight ends. I know that Antonio Gates is getting a little old, but look, there's a connection there, mm-hmm. and Hunter Henry's awesome. Uh, but in terms of uh, wide receivers, I mean Tyrell Williams, a big threat down the field Travis Benjamin too people forget about him mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Donchell Inman yeah I, I think there's just too many guys to go around there uh, I don't think he's going to have 2,000 yard guys 
Rivers, I think we're going to see him start to regress here as his uh, his days are numbered these, mm-hmm. these next couple of years. And he's had trouble staying in the field. His offensive line is terrible. Uh, he get, he gets hit so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I but say they, I no. think they did invest in it. So I think it's going to be a little better. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It has been traditionally yeah, bad. It's only so mm-hmm. much wear and tear, especially at a quarterback. Mm-hmm. The body can take. And Brady, he's never he never gets hit. I mean, right. he always avoids getting hit. And that's why he thinks he can play till right. he's 45. And then there's guys like a Cam or Rivers who continuously get hit and who won't last. He's, Rivers is, I think, one of the only quarterbacks from that class mm-hmm. that hasn't won a Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Like Eli's won one, uh, two. Uh, Roethlisberger has two. So we need Rivers to get one. Another debate. <laughs> is Rivers a Hall of Famer? I'd say yes. I think he's I think had so. a good enough career. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, he it's, puts it's great close, numbers close. every year. Mm-hmm. I'll say this, though. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm going to disagree with you, Joe. I don't think he gets two. I... I Going out on spread it out a lot. Going out on an, mm-hmm. on a limb, mm-hmm. he might not get one. <laughs> you might have three or four guys who are sitting around eight, nine hundred yards each because uh-huh. there's so like the the Chargers. I, I would draft this year comfortably. Mm-hmm. Rivers, Melvin Gordon, mm-hmm. that's, and that's it. it. And even Gordon, I don't know how comfortable you could be with him after last year. But yeah, I, I made a bold prediction about Keenan Allen, but uh, I'm kind of. What is a little it? nervous that he's going to catch play oh, sixteen yeah, yeah. games? I, I think that's pretty bold. When the guys, I'll, I'll say this: pretty, if I was to draft anyone else on the, it would want I would want it to be aren't him you because to the show because, <laughs> because it, when if he plays sixteen games, I think he could be a top ten, top five, even mm-hmm. wide receiver. It's just he it's gets just very questionable, so yes. banged up. And then I, I think though we're going to see some games of Terrell Williams, some games of Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. I think Antonio Gates is going to be big inside the red zone, which is going to take away from Hunter Henry. I'll admit I am I am probably one of the lower guys on the Chargers' weapons. Mm-hmm. I don't have any of the receivers. I have Keenan Allen in between the fifteen and twentieth spot. So that shows you where I am on him. Most and of the again, other guys just are outside. Because you think he's going to be spreading the ball. Off. Yeah, so it's just too too Hunt, many. Minutes. I don't have Hunter Henry. I think I have mm-hmm. Hunter Henry like twelfth or thirteenth at tight ends. Mm-hmm. I, I know I'm going to be one of the lower guys on him. I just think there's too many mouths to feed. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next stat. Only three of Martavis Bryant's 14 career touchdowns, this is regular season, of course, mm-hmm. have come on the road. I think that's an irrelevant stat, honestly. I don't think I think that's just a coincidence, uh, or sometimes the weather was bad here and there. Um, I, I don't think that's... Uh, that's like saying, like, oh, this guy is a... Is a great pitcher when it's seventy-five degrees out <laughs> and cloudy. That's for that uh, in this instance. I don't think it's a big deal. I think that there is a truth to the fact that Roethlisberger plays a lot worse when he's on the road, and it has affected, believe it or not, even uh, Antonio Brown. Now, you're never going to sit Antonio Brown, but if mm-hmm. you look at his fantasy numbers from last season. He averaged fewer fantasy points in road games. I mean, and, and Roethlisberger, it just was, it, it kind of was magnified last year that people brought it up, but it wasn't the first season where he's, he's had some poor stats when playing on the road. So uh, I, I think it's something that needs to, to, be, uh, to be looked into. I mean, it's not just a frivolous stat in terms of Bryant's uh, touchdowns coming on the. Uh, I'll say this. At home more. I, I wrote about my rankings in my article. I'll ring the bell. It's, they're going to be out hopefully by Monday, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I've heard about players I'm high on. I'm, I'm high on Martavis Bryant. No, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, I, I just I like him too, Taylor. I love I, the size. I, the I almost speed. like uh, Roethlisberger's weapons more than uh, you know than I like him. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's why I think I'm going to be one of the higher people on on Big Ben because I love again. the weapons. Yeah, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. I mean, you can make these jokes at this team all day long, but. 
I love the weapons around him, so I feel like if you love the weapons, you have to love the quarterback. That's just me, but I, I did say Martavis Bryant, if he's one of those people, which I think he will be, the closer mm-hmm. and closer we get to the drafts, the the more he's going to shoot up draft boards because everyone is going to realize that he's back, realize what he did last time. I mean, this guy is over six foot, over 200 pounds. He could fly down the field. He's a huge red zone target. I, I think he could be one of those climbers. See, I, I took your, your question about Martavis Bryant to be more about the whole Big Pittsburgh Steeler offensive scheme, not more about specifically about Bryant because Bryant is he is a touchdown machine. You know, he's a red zone a monster, really. Speaking of someone who is not a touchdown machine, Willie Sneed <laughs> saw only eleven point two percent of all of the Saints targets inside the red zone. Mm-hmm. This is, I know Brandon Cooks is gone. Mm-hmm. Does this matter to you guys? Well, I think the fact that Cooks is gone, Sneed's gonna have a pretty solid year. I mean you expect he's gonna take a lot of those targets away. Um, so I think that stat matters, but it's going to change dramatically next season. You know, Michael Thomas is the guy there. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, uh, and and Breeze has been a guy that really spreads the ball around like a lot. Brady, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean... You know, Brandon Cooks didn't have. Wasn't there one game where Brandon Cooks didn't have like one? He was not target? targeted. <laughs> yeah. He was inconsistent. Yeah. yeah. So I, it's it's tough. It's tough to you know. Other than Michael Thomas, there, uh, you know, Snead's going to have some fantasy value, no doubt. But I, I just the way that Breeze, you know, uh, his game plan, his the way he operates, it's just a little, little shaky in terms of whether Snead is going to be a, a big time. Fantasy contributor. Who else is on the Saints anymore? Like, who are their? I don't Kenny even know Stills, who they're wide. Right? No, no, no. Stills. Stills is over in oh, Miami. Miami. They okay. have they have Kobe Fleener. Who am I thinking of as the third uh, deep? Kenny Ted, Britt. Ken, I know. No? no, Kenny Britt is with the Browns. They have Ted Ginn. Yes. Now. Okay, so who's the third guy? Who's Ted uh, Ginn? Is, Ted Ginn. Is there okay. now. Ginn, Snead, and Thomas. Yeah, that is, uh, and Meacham. I guess this might be the worst receiving core that Drew Brees <laughs> has ever had. And he's so, Michael Thomas is going to get a boatload of targets. I, I'm really high on Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. I think Meacham is a solid wide receiver three slash flex option. I'm going to go look up Kenny Britt. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Stills. We'll be right back with more fantasy football stats and whether or not they matter on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network weekend fantasy update. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network weekend, a fantasy update. Joe Galena here with Mike McFlorio and Jake Brown. Jake, uh, you enjoying yourself today? I am. It's Thanks. been great uh, having you here. Yeah, appreciate you having me. It's a nice nice little setup here. Mm-hmm. A couple of signs. It's almost jerseys. like a man cave, right? Yeah. Well, I, I really like shouldn't it. say man. It's, it's, it's a person cave, right? you got people walking there by. Are, and... Yeah, people. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, we have a lot of women playing fantasy sports as well. So, mm. you know, it's not just a man cave. It's a, a fantasy cave. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I mean, uh, what is this bottle up here? What is that? That is Vodka 5100. They are the sponsor of Foul Territory with Chris Manzo, Maria Marino, mm-hmm. Corey oh, Parson. Okay. They, so they, they sponsor the show. So they got a nice bottle in the there studio. Well, I wonder when that will be popped, if ever. Oh, they've gone through a few already. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go on. So uh, why don't we finish up maybe one last uh, fantasy football fact, whether or not it matters? 
Yeah, I actually I want you guys to guess. Oh, okay. This is this was gonna be our last one, but I think it's a fun way to end mm-hmm. the show. The quarterbacks with the highest percentage of their team's rushing attempts inside the five yard line. So basically, not saying they have the most attempts, but highest percentage of their team's attempts. Mm-hmm. Top five quarterbacks. Five of them, huh? Well, I'll give you one because I, I thought about it, but I didn't cheat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Blake Bortles. He was number one. Was he? 27.3%. Wow. And, and again, this doesn't necessarily mean, you know, it's a design play. But, mm-hmm. like, they, they scramble. That counts as a, a rushing attempt. Well, I saw that he had some rushing yards. And, obviously, last season, TJ Yeldon and Chris Ivory weren't much of a, a fantasy impact or some, offensive impact. So, you guys got four more. Some are a little <laughs> bit more obvious. Some aren't. And there was one name on this list that really made me want to play this game. Hmm. Not Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, no, no. Not Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was not in the top five. Eli? No. Eli Manning is number two. He is. Wow. Right. He was the name wow. that made me want to play this game. Well, because uh-huh. the Giants are very conservative in the red zone. So, I, I'm not surprised that Eli's on there. I mean, their play calling in the red zone is subpar at best. 26.3%. What do you think about Eli this year, Jake, since you're we talked off air. You like both the Jets and, yeah. and the Giants, so what do I you think, think he's about gonna, him? You think he's going to bounce back? Oh, you know, obviously, yeah. I mean, last year was a you add Brandon Marshall to that mm-hmm. mix. Beckham on one side, Marshall on the other, and mm-hmm. it's so over. I mean, the headlines with uh, Beckham and just not showing up to voluntary OTAs. Who cares? Let the guy relax. I cared a little bit. You know why? <laughs> it's just so <laughs> many injuries the that, that happened the way early. That the though. season ended last year ended on such a bitter note, and yeah. him being on that boat and partying and. Look, you know, get your head out of your butt and, and look. I, I know so it's voluntary. Talent, though. I know it's voluntary, but dude, show me something now. Show me that look. Yeah. You're, you're maturing. I'd rather the guy rest up. Honestly, we see so many damn he injuries. He wasn't resting in the up. NFL. He was. Who was he hanging out with? Oh, well, uh, he was working Johnny out. Johnny Manziel. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, bad things. <laughs> Bring Johnny Manziel back. Yeah. Bring him to New York. So maybe yeah, we, we, our backup will be uh, Geno Smith followed by Johnny Manziel. Could you oh, imagine? Oh man, that's hilarious. They <laughs> that would be Gino the Smith. that would oh, be my God. favorite quarterback tandem in in football, and it wouldn't even be because of Eli. Right. Just I mean, you could see it now. The first year that Eli actually gets hurt is the year Geno Smith is their oh, backup. Please, then Geno starts 15 games. <laughs> you, I could just see it now. You're and probably I hope it right. It, it's hurting me. It's hurting There'll me. There'll be Jets fans showing up to Giants games just to boo Geno. <laughs> so we need three more quarterbacks? I just want to say real quick, 26% of, the, of their team's rushes inside the five were Eli Manning. How many do you think he was actually trying to score? I, I just picture him just trying to scramble yeah. and... They, we've seen they did that against Dallas. I don't know if that was last year, or the year before, where the whole play was just for him to run and slide. I, I mean, I know Eli Manning is not a mobile quarterback at all. Yeah, hmm. Eli scrambling is like Mike Tyson in a spelling bee. It's, it's not <laughs> going to end well whatsoever. So it's not Tyrod Taylor because uh, Tyrod Taylor was fifth. Was he okay? Yep. Yeah. Even with uh, McCoy, twenty point seven percent. Wow. Uh, Russell Wilson had a nope. tough year with the ankle. Uh, Fun fact about Tyra Taylor. Mo- no quarterback has more rushing yards since he became the Bills starter. Right, so give us the other two quick. Cam Newton and Big Ben. There you go. There you go. Uh, thank you to Jake Brown. Follow him on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio, at Jake Brown Show. Thanks for Pete Constantori producing the show. For Michael Floria, I'm Joe Galina. Thanks for listening to the Weekend Fantasy Update. Father and Son NASCAR Hour is next. See you next week.